0: Hey, OT geniuses, my name is Jessica Lopez Hermantin, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius, and you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students, to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. Hello, OT geniuses. Welcome back to a pre-OT secrets episode. We have Vanessa Yanez back on and and we've been talking a lot about Uh, occupational therapy and its role within helping people with cancer or oncology and so if you did not listen to last week's episode please go do so it was um it was really really good and meaningful just to see how like hear her story and see how she um has gotten to where she is today and in choosing uh, that, that and getting her passion for helping individuals with cancer so um, uh, welcome back again Vanessa I hope that you're doing well um, and uh, I I know that our listeners especially if they're students they are uh, wanting you know like to to know um, how you specifically uh, help jewels with um, with cancer. Right. So we talked a little bit about the program, that that was something that you really, really loved and um, that it allowed you to create uh, that opportunity for individuals with cancer to be more intimate with their partners um, on a sexual level. And um, so um, that's just one way. What are some other common ways that uh you have helped people like what would you say is the role of um occupational therapy in oncology and how can we um help uh help them yeah thank you
1: Jessica for having me again today um when someone is diagnosed with cancer it impacts their lives in so many ways so their physical physicality is being impacted emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, cognitively, everything can be impacted by cancer. It's hard to say how one person is going to be impacted versus another that's receiving similar treatments because everybody just responds differently from each other. So we cannot compare patients. But yeah, when going in and seeing a patient for the first time, doing an evaluation, I'm trying to really figure out, just like in, other, in any other setting or population, I'm trying to figure out how is their life being changed or impacted at this time, and then comparing it with their life before their cancer diagnosis. And so depending on the setting, you know, we, we still see every occupation from the OTPF, every occupation could be impacted by cancer from not being able to get dressed, you know, because maybe they're having limited range of motion from breast cancer treatment. It might be that they're having trouble making a meal because they're just so tired and fatigued from chemotherapy. It might be a child just having a hard time going back to school because they're being very forgetful or they're feeling overstimulated or, They're really tired or in pain as well. So a lot of occupations from self-care to ideals to socialization, leisure participation, all of them could be really impacted by cancer.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that you're pointing that out because I think that, like, for example, and I know that we've talked about this, but somebody looks at you And they're like, oh, well, that's it. They already gone through chemo or like, it's over. Like the worst is over. Like they can now just go on with their life. You know, like that's in the past. And or like, even if like, let's just say they're going through chemo and radiation, like they think that, well, they could still walk. They could, they like, you know, I get that they're tired, but maybe if they rest, they should just rest more and they'll be able to, to do better. And I don't know if you want to address that a little bit.
1: Yes, because that's a major misconception. And, And that's a lot of people, even physicians, which is why sometimes we don't get referrals from nurse practitioners or doctors, is that there's this misconception that once someone is done with treatment, that they're discharged in the hospital and they're able to walk, that they're going to be able to go back to the normal life. And that is... Not the true, not the truth. Now, for some people, it might be. For some people, you know, they might be able to go back to a functional life. And sometimes it might be pretty similar. But for a lot of people, and this is my experience too, and even for myself, that's where I experienced the major challenges. You know, when I was going through treatment in the hospital, I had so much support from OT, PT, nurses, physicians. There was a ton of support in that setting in acute care and acute rehab. But when I was discharged and told to go home and that I can continue on with my life and go to school, that's where there was a lack of support from the medical system. And I just didn't know how to do that. I was having trouble because I was experiencing major fatigue. I was experiencing major body issues. Like I didn't even want to go out and socialize or go to church or meet with friends because I was bald and I had lost a lot of weight and I looked like I had gone through cancer. So that affected my self-esteem. It affected my relationships, my ability to even socialize in school. I was experiencing cognitive changes to my short-term memory as well. And so I was being extremely forgetful. Uh, So school was challenging. Uh, I couldn't focus. I had to drop From a few courses in my first term, you know, going from 32 units prior to my cancer diagnosis, I thought, okay, if I go part time, which for me was 16 units, I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do 16 units because I was taking 32. So let me start off with 16. And I quickly learned there's no way, there's no way, like I have to bring this down to eight to nine. And that was with a lot of difficulty still. There was a lot of challenges going back to normal life. And I know a lot of cancer survivors. Reporting this, it's in the literature. If you look at articles read articles, it's there. Mm -hmm. Cancer survivors are complaining saying, Yes, we need help as we transition to survivorship, as we transition to end-of-life or palliative care. Like we just we need support, not just for the physical aspect, but mental health is another good, another big area. Managing your health, you know. Now it's like I was left with taking 15 medications. Having to go to my doctor's appointment twice a week, seeing other providers, there was just a lot to manage. And for someone who had never had to deal with all of these issues at 19 was just overwhelming. And that's just the experience for a lot of other cancer survivors too. So I know that I'm not alone because I've a lot of my patients are going through the same thing. And that's also in the literature where we're saying, hey, we're alive. But now we need help. We need help to go back to our daily lives. And that's where OT comes in and plays. A huge yeah. Role.
0: And I'm glad that you're saying the literature. And I was just wondering, is there like because I, I haven't looked this up. And if the answer is we need more evidence based practice, like, you know, like then or more research, then so be it. But is there enough research to support what we can do as occupational therapists in terms of helping individuals with cancer or is there and, and the things that are going on with cancer survivors that show that we can help and can get us those referrals? Like, what do you think is going on? On because when you said that the doctors are not referring, I automatically think of research. You know, I'm like, they like, where's the research? Because they're going to be looking at the research. And if the research is showing that occupational therapy, can help a cancer survivor, then then we'll start seeing more referrals for it. Like, what do you think as somebody in the field and somebody that works so closely with uh, people with cancer and within oncology that uh, like, what's going on there? Like, what do you think the discrepancy is?
1: We definitely need more research. So if anyone's interested, you know, I would really encourage them to do any school projects or OTD capstones in oncology because we could definitely benefit from our work. We are seeing now more research projects. So definitely in the last five to 10 years, there's been a lot more research done in oncology and definitely shows the benefits of OT to help cancer survivors at different points of the cancer care continuum. So whether it's when they're just diagnosed, whether they're going through treatments or they finish treatment, they're going through survivorship phase, OT can make an impact across many stages of the continuum. And addressing many things from ADLs to health management to sleep to sexuality, like we're we're starting to see more, and so that's really exciting now. Yeah, in a, in a place where we can say, "Hey, we know," like we've seen this with our patients, we know it works. But now we have all of this data, and we have research that's showing that statistically, we are making a difference in our patients' lives. So that is great to see. I think the discrepancy is that. There's a lot going on in the medical system. It's still a broken system. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We know this, right? As Mm -hmm. healthcare healthcare providers, we know it's still broken. Uh, We can't fix this overnight. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of people and a lot of money to fix the system. But there's little things that we can do in the meantime to make it easier for patients to get these referrals. And we definitely have to advocate for them and advocate for our services because a lot of physicians, you got to remember too that they're they're in this mindset of there's so much to do and I just got to make sure they're alive. Right. That they live, that they get the mistreatment, that they have less symptoms, um, and they're able to hopefully make it through. So their mind is is on that. And that's where the multidisciplinary team is so important because everybody comes in with their own expertise and experience and can advocate for what they're doing. So it's really up to us as OTs to come to them and say, hey, you know what, these are the services that we're providing because these are the issues that we keep getting from patients. And so they don't know that some of these patients go home and even though they're walking, they're still having trouble, right? Because a lot of the side effects and and the long-term impact is it's invisible, you know, you can't really see it. Like a lot of people see me, and they think, "Oh, you're doing so great, you're living a normal life." But it's still something that I have to deal with on a daily basis. I just know how to manage it so well. But for a lot of patients, they don't know how to manage it. They're not OTs, so I think that's where we come in, and we have to really advocate and present the research to the physicians and say, "Hey, this is what survivors are are complaining about. That yes, they're alive, but they're still dealing with fatigue. You know, one five years later after their treatment." And they're having trouble living a life that they are happy with and just not satisfied with how they're living their life with all of these symptoms and chronic issues. Because now we're seeing cancer as a chronic issue in the long term, too. So, yes, it survived cancer, but they're dealing with all of these issues That's... or even secondary cancers or other health diagnoses. So they might be more. They might be more prone to to suffer from all of these long term effects.
0: Yeah, and we have a kiddo um, that we see, and this particular kiddo, upon infancy and being born, was diagnosed with a very rare type of cancer, and Mm -hmm. it led to an amputation. But I can tell you now, three years later, this child is still definitely showing um, a lot of the things that we're we've been just discuss- discussing just um very you know like the sensory overload and the cognitive functions um are just maybe a little bit wonky at times so to speak <laughs> right and so and that's ex- you know like they went through a very tough treatment you know like it, chemo radiation anything of that nature is not easy no so so um... it's tough
1: to to be able to go through that. I mean, you have to remember that, like, chemo radiation is trying to get rid of the cancer, but these are cells, cancerous cells, that are right next to healthy cells. And so, when they're going through treatment, pretty much their whole system is being uh, destroyed in a way to be able to rebuild a new healthy system. So they're going through a whole lot. In the moment, and we anticipate them to deal with things even in the future. And very few people, I think it's still possible, but very few people get away with no scratches. <laughs> That's the way I refer yeah. to. Yeah, no scratches after. No, you'll of- ha- like I,
0: I've seen patients with burn marks after it and things of that nature. It's not easy, mm-hmm. you know. Even even burns are can be common, you know. um So. Uh, yeah, from the radiation itself. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's hard to say who's going to go through certain side effects um, in the short term and the long term. So it's very important to educate them um, because a lot of them don't even know they're going to go through it. Um, Mm -hmm. And as they're going through it, it could be very scary and daunting. And they're wondering, like, is it normal to have these burn feeling in my groin area or in my armpits is it normal to feel like my skin is on fire like some of them don't even know um what's expected from treatment because when they're when they are told um let's say the doctor's office, there's so much that's going on and trying to process and mainly is a word of cancer and cancer treatment. And so it's hard to pay attention to all the nitty gritty um, of of these side effects. So sometimes when they're going through it, um, and that's been my experience where I have to educate them on what is normal and how to cope with what's going on in the moment, whether it's coping with, with these physical things, coping emotionally, psychologically, um, it's, it's hard. It's a hard time um, as you're going through it. And it's hard in my experience, even harder after the fact, you know, trying to transition to survivorship.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, and we we've just hit on so many good things such as the importance of research and um, guys, like she said, if you are going into OT school or are currently a student and trying to pick a a capstone project, um, you know this is somebody that you can reach out to if you're if this is a passion of yours and um and I want to encourage you guys to to you know like I mean it is cancer is very common I've had cancer within my family um and and I'm sure you've seen how it's affected uh your family's life if you personally have gone through it right like not not yourself but like your family member right Mm -hmm. um so you can use that as a tool as a motivation to uh you know i guess break that cycle so to speak right and um do something about it by playing a role within the research and um and do do something right like you have a special opportunity to 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 do that and um and and even though we do live in a broken healthcare system um that you know like like the, that kiddo that i was talking about earlier they don't want to cover ot services anymore um you know yeah. So that's a whole other topic. Um, so, but yeah, this is why we need the research. This is why you guys' documentation has to be on point and, um, you know, like show medical necessity for why our services are are needed. Um, and not only just to the doctors, but to the patients themselves and, you know, like advocacy, like share with people out there, what it is that you can do as an occupational therapist, you know? So, um, and, and that only comes by taking the time to learn about it, <laughs> you know, through either a podcast like this, or even once you are off, like, of course, in OT school yourself, then you'll really start learning about more about what you can do. But um this is just a little, um taste for it, you know. Um, so like that when people ask you, oh, you're going to OT school? Um, or like you want to apply to OT school, what is that? You know, you'll have an answer at the very least. <laughs> you know, I, I like I don't know about you, Vanessa, but I didn't even really know what I was getting myself into. Like I kind of have an idea. You know, like I knew that I would help people with ADLs be more functionally independent. I got that. But it wasn't until OT school that I really realized all the ways that I could really help people with an occupational therapy degree.
1: You oh, know. yeah. I think for a lot of us, too, like <laughs> first year, first term, like we're like, what is what does OT really mean? Like we're still trying to figure that out. So yeah. if you're in OT school right now and it's year one and you're so confused, you <laughs> know that that's very normal. I think for a lot of us, it does take a while to to not just learn about OT, but get OT, like to really, really know what what's the role of OT in any setting.
0: Yeah. Cool. Awesome. 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 Um, and then, uh, anything else that you want to add about, um, occupational therapy, oncology, uh, to, before we, we log off? Sure. Um, I think for, for oncology, I think what's one, I I (laughs) was just going to say, what's one, uh, takeaway that you would want our listeners to take?
1: Yeah, I think just the word cancer or oncology can sound scary for a lot of people because normally the association or relationship is that they're fragile, they're fragile individuals, and not to touch them. And and I've and I've seen that and I've heard that in even clinicians already, like OT practitioners, where they don't want to pick up patients that have a cancer diagnosis. Um, But just remember that the bottom of it, they're still human beings that they still want the connection, that they still need the help. And they really, really, I'm telling you, they need our help. Um, There's so much. And I feel like OT can be one of those key providers for for cancer survivors that can really make a huge impact across many of, of the stages of treatment and even after the fact. Um, so they're not fragile. Actually, they're very strong, very resilient individuals. Um, you want to get to know their story. And I think it's one of the settings where it's very surprising to go in and actually enjoy it. And I still have a lot of fun. I have so much fun with my patients. You know, a lot of them, I've helped patients get married in the hospital. I've wow. Um, Patients um, set up the perfect day to go to Disneyland with their families. Um, I've had patients that want to go back to school to become OTs. Like, it is such a fun setting that even though there's some some sad moments, of course, in oncology, um, the positive and just the great experience of being able to connect with individuals during this time it is so powerful, so meaningful, so rewarding. So I do encourage people to look past the scary word of cancer and to really just give it a try um, and see if this is a setting that, that you enjoy being in, because I think you'll be very surprised to find it to be very complicated, like complicated in a good way where it's like dynamic. Um, it's fun, enjoyable. Um, and it's so meaningful. So, um, if you have any questions, again, always feel free to reach out. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. and Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me. Of course. And um, guys, again,
0: if you want to reach out to her, the uh, information for her is in the show note description. So be don't be afraid to check those out. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope this has been valuable and will get you one step closer to being the occupational therapist you want to be. You can check out all of our resources and social media platforms on otgenius.com. The website again is otgenius.com. If you wish to connect with us, you can do so by booking a consultative call on the website or even find us on Instagram. The handle is at ot.genius and you can there join our monthly newsletter and stay up to date on all the things we are doing to help you succeed. We hope that you have a great day and thank you again for listening.